0: i'm mike malvestro and you're listening to the vegas bright podcast episode 33 the vegas bright podcast from vegasbright.com so podcast it's a vegas podcast And welcome to the Vegas Bright podcast. I am your host, Michael Movestro. I am the editor, chief editor, the editor, whatever I am. I'm the big cheese. I don't know. Uh, (laughs) I'm the guy who runs vegasbright.com, where we do articles Monday through Friday uh, about things happening in Las Vegas. Uh, This podcast is an extension of the website. So we're not a podcast that has a website, we're a website that has a podcast. And you're listening to that podcast right now. Anyway, it's good to be here doing another episode, and we have a good one for you today. Uh, But before we get to that, I just want to point out that due to a family gathering next week, there will not be a Vegas Bright podcast uh, for next Sunday, the 16th. And also, I don't think there's going to be one for the 23rd either, Good reason for that, though. And you'll find out on the next episode. But there will not be one on the 16th. There will not be one on the 23rd. We will be back doing the podcast right here on April 30th. So we're taking a two-week break, but it won't affect any articles because since I'm losing time doing the podcast because of the family thing and other stuff, I'm sacrificing podcast time for article time so that you still get an article every day at Vegas Bright. Now, if this was a podcast with a website, it wouldn't be that way. There'd be less articles. You might get one, maybe a week, maybe two, maybe three. And, you know, and the podcast would be the main thing. But it's the other way. It's a website with a podcast. That's what I'm trying to say. All right. Are we good? Are we good? How is how is your week? How is your day going? I hope everything is going well with you and yours. Uh, all you people who listen to this podcast, thank you for tuning in. I appreciate you tuning in, and I hope we give you what you want to hear. Right now, we have a survey going on on Twitter and on Facebook. On Twitter, it's at Vegas Bright Site—that's That's S-I-T-E. And on Facebook, that's Vegas Bright Site, Also S-I-T-E. And we have a survey up there asking you what your preferred podcast length is. Uh, 30 minutes, an hour? Uh, What is it? we want to know so if you're on facebook head over there and go into the comment look for that thing um there's an image there that says what is your preferred podcast length just go into the comments and tell us what it is uh, and if you're on twitter find us on twitter uh scroll down and and you'll see it there you'll see the survey and and just let us know i'm trying to figure out what the the best length to do for this is what is too long is over an hour too long, and right now, as I'm looking at the stats, it looks like those who are voting for an hour and those who are voting for 30 minutes are not too far off from each other. So now I'm guessing that the happy medium is like 45 minutes. So I don't know. If we do an hour, listen, 30-minute people, don't think of it as just one Vegas Bright podcast. Think of it as two Vegas Bright podcasts. You know, the first half is going to be Yeah, you know what you would typically get, like news and things like that. And the second half will be other stuff. So it's like, listen to the first half hour, and then you listen to the rest of your Vegas podcast. And when they're all done, right, you just come back to the second half of the Vegas Bright podcast, and then, you know, everyone's happy. Or it just might be 45 minutes, or maybe I just won't care how long it is and let you guys sort it out yourselves. (laughs) But uh, I don't know. One thing I got to tell you, though, for Trip Report podcasts, those are the long ones. Those are the ones where you just sit down, have a cup of coffee, and just get ready to hear about all the fun adventures of Las Vegas. So that's that's how it is with those podcasts. Not sure if we're gonna have a Vegas gone by segment in the podcast trip reports, but we have those podcast trip reports every once in a while, so it shouldn't be it shouldn't be that bad. Okay, well, that being said, let's talk about today's episode. On today's episode, we're going to be doing Vegas Gone By. It's that segment where we explore a Las Vegas hotel, casino, place, show that once was. Today, Vinny, Extra Sausage, Battlemente discusses the Stardust Hotel and Casino. We put up a survey earlier in the week asking, "What should we do next?" And the majority of the responses across Facebook and Twitter combined with Stardust, but doing that survey we got some very interesting feedback which is going to provide what we do with further Vegas gone by segments so thank you for everybody who participated in that anyway Vegas gone by is going to happen but it all starts off with Vegas news around the web followed by the Vegas bright weekend review so keep it tuned streamed or playing right here The Vegas Bright Podcast is available on Vegas Radio Network, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and of course on VegasBright.com. VegasBrights.com. All your Vegasy things, no resort fees. And we are back here on the Vegas Bright Podcast. Last week, I went on a on on a on a mini meltdown rant about, man, it's so freaking late, and I got to stop doing these things at 3 in the morning. I'm going to be trying a new schedule, and, and I think it's working. I got a lot of the show production, pre-production stuff done during the week, so that shaved off some time, uh, and since Big AZ Marty is doing shit you may have missed next week, I can do some recording during the week, and I think it's going to solve the problem. I think it's going to work, so kind of excited about that. Not that you care. So let's get on with the news. From the Las Vegas Sun, Las Vegas oddsmakers are favoring the Cubs to repeat this year. If the Cubs do win the World Series this year, they would be the third team to do so in Major League Baseball history. It's a bit premature to make this bet, but that's what the oddsmakers would like you to do. The City Sportsbooks like the team to win it all with some making the Cubs a 7-2 favorite. Other favorites are the Cleveland Indians, Boston Red Sox, and Los Angeles Dodgers. From the Las Vegas Review-Journal, Phil Ruffin, the owner of Treasure Island, had dinner and a sleepover at the White House. Ruffin and Trump have been business partners for a long time. Over the years, Ruffin's ties with President Donald Trump have mixed business and friendship, and later politics. Ruffin is a co-owner of the Trump International Hotel in Las Vegas, I'm curious if they discussed Trump, you know, actually getting a gaming license for the Trump International in Vegas. From Vegas Report, Gordy Brown is heading back to the Strip. Starting May 9th, Gordy will be performing at the Cabaret Theater at Planet Hollywood Hotel and Casino. Gordy's show is based on impressions of celebrities from around the world, and usually he has to say who he's doing an impression of because they all sound the same now. From Vegas Reports Newswire, Jared and Raja opened their new show, Magician vs. Maestro, at Hooters Hotel and Casino. Magician vs. Maestro is a dinner show with magic, music, and comedy. MGM loves parking fees so much that they are raising their parking fees effective April 12th. It's a bit of a ladder. Raise resort fees, then raise parking fees. I think I see how this is going to go for the remainder of the year. They're even raising fees at Circus Circus. For a complete list of changes, visit MGM's parking website at mgmresorts.com forward slash parking or check out the article by Mark Meltzer at Travel Vegas, where he breaks it down by the hour. Eater Vegas reports that renovations are complete for Parasol Down at Wynn and is now open again for business, just as Parasol Up completed renovations in January. Access Vegas has an article on Unami's Unami Burgers limited edition burger and cocktail by Cindy Crawford and Ron Gerber proceeds from each burger which is 14 bucks and cocktail which is 11 bucks benefit the American Family Children's Hospital in Madison Wisconsin you know i would have gone more with like doing like a cheesecake thing it's wisconsin so you know like i don't know never mind i get ideas sometimes Eater Vegas reports that Hard Rock's 35 Steaks and Martinis will close on April 29th. The closure is to make way for the new MB Steaks, which will open in May of 2017. Uh, That's the Morton Brothers, uh, the sons of the guy who started, started the famous Morton Steakhouse. Vital Vegas has a look at the Golden Knights practice facility. Scott takes his drone for a fly-around of the construction activity and lists the details of the facility, including the number of locker rooms, the sauna, the steam room, and the massage room, plus loads of other details. According to the OVCVA, Millennials accounted for a third of all Las Vegas visitors last year. In 2015, Millennials equaled a quarter of all visitors. Visitor spending is on the rise in multiple categories, including food and beverage, local transportation, shows, and entertainment, shopping, and sightseeing, according to the Las Vegas Convention and Visitors Authority's 2016 Visitor Profile Study. Additionally, 27% of visitors were in Las Vegas for the first time, an 11% increase from 2015. Oh, by the way, we have a download of that. If you want to download the actual report, you can just go to VegasBright.com And just go to our article, Shit You May Have Missed While Excited for a Mob Speakeasy. And when you go to the, let's see, when you go to the 10th point, you'll find the link in there. From Eater Vegas, a speakeasy and distillery is coming to the Mob Museum. With a planned 15 seats at the bar, design includes, uh, design touches include historically accurate bottles and lighting flocked wallpaper, and vintage film clips played behind the bar. I got to tell you, I kind of want to go to that. Uh, I like that they're doing everything of the time period, uh, the lighting and the bottles and stuff. I can't wait to see that. So that's that's something I'm definitely going to go to. Vital Vegas has a 25-point breakdown of the LVCVA report we mentioned earlier. So if you don't want to download and read the whole report, you can go read his article and save a lot of time. It's called 25 Surprising Facts About Las Vegas Visitors, 2016 Visitor Profile Study Edition. It saved me a lot of time, and I'm sure it's going to save you a lot of time as well. And that's it for Vegas Around the Web for this week. You can see these and other stories in our article, Shit You May Have Missed While Excited for a Mob Speak Easy. That doesn't exactly roll off the tongue, does it? And when we come back, it's the Vegas Bright Week in Review featuring the articles we brought you from April 3rd to April 7th, 2017. We'll be back after this. VegasBright.com. We're not only a podcast. We cover news about shows, hotels, restaurants and gambling. We also feature the Vegasy buzz around town like new construction, renovations and future openings, as well as reviews of places to eat, experiences, hotel stays and new things to do. And occasionally, we offer a sneak peek behind construction walls to see how a new place is coming along. VegasBright.com. And now it's time for the Vegas Bright Week in Review, the portion of our show where we look at the stories we brought you last week on VegasBright.com. The week started off on Sunday with episode 32 of the Vegas Bright podcast. I talked about how our April Fool's gag went viral, and Vinny did his Vegas Gone By segment where he took us back in time to the Desert Inn. On Monday, I wrote an article explaining Caesars Entertainment's parking fees, and I listed the prices and the times for Bally's, Caesar's Palace, Cromwell, and Paris. Up to 60 minutes is free. For one to four hours, seven bucks. For four to 24 hours, ten bucks. Over 24 hours, you're looking at ten dollars for each additional day or a fraction of a day. For Flamingo, Harris, and the Link, up to 60 minutes is free. Uh, one to four hours is five bucks. Four to 24 hours is eight bucks. More than 24 hours is 8 bucks for each additional day, or fraction of a day. No information is available on pricing at Rio Las Vegas, so we're assuming it's free to park there just like it's free to valet park there as well. As always, these prices are subject to change, so check Caesars Parking Policy site for details. We rarely get around to updating articles here, so always check with the property first. On Tuesday, Blonde Forever shared part one of her Las Vegas trip report from October of 2016. Here's a snippet from that. Quote, Cody and I played the slots at Bally's for a while after dinner with no exciting wins to report. I have developed a certain mindset towards gambling on the strip in recent years to do it as little as possible. I reserve most of my gambling bankroll for downtown. This decision is based on my own personal experiences. The last time I had a winning trip on the strip was in 2012. Since that time, all of my favorite machines have been replaced with machines that look similar, but pay out next to nothing, at least for me. My favorite video poker machine that I played on for years at Bally's is gone. My favorite Buffalo machine at Bally's, gone. I have wandered up and down both sides of the strip visiting almost all the properties, and I have come to one clear conclusion. My money lasts longer downtown. I approach gambling with the same attitude of many casual gamblers. It is entertainment. I am not an advantage player plotting and planning the best way to beat the house. I want to sit down in a comfortable chair with a nice alcoholic beverage, forget my troubles, and have fun for a few hours. If I lose my stake, so be it. I am okay with that as long as I got in a few hours of fun. If I stay, even I am thrilled, because it means I will gamble on the same money tomorrow. And if I come out ahead by a few hundred dollars, I am ecstatic. I have never, ever bought anything sensible with gambling winnings. If I have something to bring home at the end of my trip, it is clutched in my hot little hand until I reach my abode where it is tucked away safely to await the next Vegas trip. I am the perfect gambler from the casino's perspective. Even if you allow me to leave with a little of your money, you can be darn sure it is coming back in a few months. End quote. On Wednesday, I shared a room review from my stay in a Stratosphere Strip View room. And here's a snippet of that. Quote, The view is of the Strip, but keep in mind that you're at the Stratosphere, so it isn't as much of a grandiose view that you would get from something mid-Strip. From the window, I did see Lucky Dragon, The W, Encore, Westgate, and The Palazzo. If the blue monstrous Fontainebleau ever gets demolished... That should open up the view a bit more. The bathroom was decent, the shower had good water pressure, everything was clean as a whistle. There was also an assortment of different products that may or may not have come home to my Vegas collection. End quote. Uh, on Thursday, Michelle De Palma shared how she was there in Vegas when all hell broke loose during the pig mask robbery and the bus gum and standoff from a couple of weeks back. Here's a snippet of that, and I quote After about an hour, I was getting tired. The casino was still hopping as it was only 12.30 in the morning. I was in the middle of debating between heading straight back to my room in the spa tower or getting a snack when I heard a loud smash. I didn't think uh, much of it as Vegas is always noisy. But then groups of 10 to 20 people started running by from the lobby and into the casino. It seemed odd. So I turned around and more people were sprinting through the casino yelling, get out, go, go, go. Still bewildered, I grabbed my shopping bag just as a blackjack dealer pulled my arm and shouted, We have to go. A man in the lobby has a gun and is shooting. As we ran, I yelled back, Where do we go? She replied, I don't know. Just keep going. With lungs burning, I ran through the casino and saw people hiding under tables and searching for a spot to duck into. Just past the casino, I turned left and exited at the valet entrance just before the Bellagio shops. Once outside, confusion set in among the crowd. One gunman or more? Was anyone hurt? What do we do now? A group of Bellagio Casino staff huddled together, wiping away tears. People looked at each other with shocked expressions. We wondered just what was happening inside. End quote. And, of course, the shit-you-may-have-missed article from this week where I took the helm while Big AZ Marty was out and about in Las Vegas. No worries. Big AZ Marty is back next week that's it for the vegas bright weekly review you could see these and other stories in our article shit you may have missed while excited for a mob speak easy and by the way when i read from these articles i read snippets of them but if you want to read the whole thing go and check it out at (laughs) vegasbright.com i was i was kind of trying to do a reading rainbow thing and and i and i forgot oh but don't take my word for it that's that's what he says now yeah that's it all right where was i when we come back, Vinny Battalamente brings us Vegas Gone By, where we explore our Las Vegas hotel, casino, place, show that once was. This week, Vinny focuses on the Stardust Hotel and Casino. We'll be right back. VegasBrights.com. All your vegas things, no resort fees. Unless you're driving, close your eyes and go back to a simpler time. A time
1: of Vegas gone by. On your way to Las Vegas to spend the weekend... Stay at the spectacular Stardust Hotel in the center of the glittering strip. There are a limited number of rooms available right now. Enjoy fine dining, great buffets, or great specials in the coffee shop. For entertainment, enjoy the famed Lido de Paris starring Bobby Barasini's Orangutans. So come stay at the Stardust this weekend the action you could ever ask for is yours every day of the week in the race and sports book at the stardust hotel casino las vegas the stardust race and sports book is the largest most luxurious facility of its kind in the entire world you can wager on all major and off race tracks in the country and hear the entire running of the races when it comes to baseball basketball boxing hockey and football The Stardust Line has the most up-to-date information in America. This is where many of the selecting experts and handicappers keep up to the minute on all sports activities. Satellite TV is a big plus in this luxurious race and sports book, with major sporting events being beamed in as they are played. And you may enjoy all of this in the most comfortable surroundings imaginable at the Stardust Hotel Casino Las Vegas, home of the Stardust Line. If you're looking for action, the Stardust Card Room is hosting the single largest poker extravaganza in the history of poker tournaments. $446,000 will be awarded over a period of 10 months in a series of tournaments. Each month, $33,000 will be given away. So come in and choose your best game. The buy-in is only $110. The Stardust Hotel and Casino has done it again. The poker player's dream. For further details, contact the Stardust Card Room.
2: Hey, how you doing? This is Vinny, Extra Sausage, Pat Today, on Vegas Gone By, we're talking about the Stardust. The very legendary, the very iconic, the Stardust Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas. The Stardust Hotel became the dream of Tony Cornero, who in a sudden burst of inspiration, while drinking with friends at Luigi's Bar on Las Vegas Strip in the 50's, determined to build the world's largest resort. Connero would not live to see the completion of his dream but his Stardust Hotel would survive for more than half a century as one of the aging icons on the Strip. Connero's reckless, often hapless past was well known in Las Vegas by the 1950s. Following a string of business failures, he had served time in prison in California in the 1920s for smuggling liquor during Prohibition. Later, in 1931, the year gaming was legalized in Nevada, Connero and his two brothers built the Meadows Club, one of the first legal hotel casinos established in Las Vegas. After an initial success, the Meadows declined in the mid-1930s. Guernero left Las Vegas and later operated the gambling ship SS Rex off the coast of Southern California. In the mid-1940s, he briefly ran the small SS Rex Club in the Apache Hotel in downtown Las Vegas. But in 1954, as major hotel projects developed along the Las Vegas Strip, Guernero saw a future there. He wanted to get back into the casino game and in a big way. He paid $650,000 to buy 36 acres on the strip's northern side, between the El Rancho Vegas and the Hotel Last Frontier. He made plans to build a hotel with a thousand rooms, more rooms than any other. Back in the day, a thousand rooms was huge. For whatever the word I'm looking for is. To underwrite this project, Cornero started a company and sold shares raising $6 million from investors all over the country. But. He had failed to obtain approval from the U.S. government to sell shares and he was forced to stop offering the stocks outside of Nevada. While the Stardust was under construction, Cornero faced problems with Nevada state officials. Of course, that's what happens, there's always some problems with the state officials. Governor Charles Russell said that given Cornero's past, Nevada would never grant him a gaming license so that he could profit from the Stardust. Cornero tentatively agreed to lease the Stardust Casino once it opened, to a group headed by Desert Inn casino investor and alleged mob associate, Mo Dalitz. Ah, good old Mo, that's the guy you got to go to Mo, Dalitz. But while playing his favorite casino game, Craps, at the Desert Inn on July 31st, 1955, Cornero collapsed and died of an apparent heart attack. Without Cornero, the future of the Stardust project, then about 70% complete, was in doubt. Rest in peace. The project needed three million to be completed, and with little money left in the company, construction was halted for two years. Then Jake the Barber Factor. No, that's not a wrestler. I know it sounds like a wrestler name. Hey, inhaling from Van Nuys, California, weighing at 250 pounds. Jake the Barber Factor. Nah, it's not like that. Jake the Barber Factor. You had a name like that for a reason, trust me. Then Jake the Barber Factor entered into the picture to take over the unfinished artist. Factor a wealthy Chicagoan, was the brother of cosmetics magnate Max Factor and is said to have been linked to the late mobster Al Capone. Ah, uh, good old Al. Factor and his wife Rella bought out the Stardust Project 3,000 stockholders, settled liens against the property and resumed construction with a $10 million investment, including $3 million allegedly furnished by Chicago unorganized crime figures. Allegedly. Allegedly. Tony Ocado and Sam Giacana Factor served as landlord, renting the casino to Dayless's group, the United Hotels Corporation. The Stardust opened in 1958, themed after the stars and planets. The new hotel seemed to meet Cornero's extravagant vision. Guests entered the casino and the casino lounge bar directly from the lobby. The casino covered 16,500 square feet. The bar was 140 feet long. In both the casino and the lounge bar, the decoration of red and brown was continuous. It had 1,065 rooms. That's a lot of fucking rooms. Regarded as a world record at the time, the largest swimming pool at 105 feet long and largest casino at 16,000 square feet in Nevada. That's a record back then. In the rear was a rodeo complex, horseman's park, with corrals and space for 300 horses. The stardust, you know, speaking of horses, sometimes you just need to like take a horse's head and put it in the bed. Next to somebody. Just ever get that urge. No, just me. Not right then. The Stardust also held Las Vegas Strip's only first run drive-in theater in the rear of the resort. The showroom, the Cafe Continental Stage, was considered the most technically advanced in Las Vegas, with the latest sound and lighting equipment and hydraulic lifts to raise performers ten feet above the stage and thirty feet below. Kinda reminds me a little bit of car, but you know, it was back then, so maybe not. The hotel show, Lido de Paris, was an import from France and was directed by Don Arden. The The show originally had a six-month contract, but ended up staying for 32 years. The opening night lounge lineup offered, from Dusk to Dawn, Billy Daniels, the Happy Jesters, the Veracruz Boys, and the Jack Martin Quartet. Google them! Daniels became the first entertainer to sign a long-term residency contract in Metropolitan Las Vegas and he agreed to appear for 40 weeks per year for 3 years. The famed Starter sign became a symbol of Las Vegas. Young Electric Sign Company was hired to fabricate the sign. Germit Wayne's design was selected for both the facade and the roadside signs. Although Mo Dalitz, who took over from original developer Tony Carnero upon his death, said it was from his original plans, the sign was really part of Carnero's original concept. The stardust sign gave visitors a panoramic view of the solar system. At the Sign center sat a 16-foot diameter plastic model of Earth. Cosmic rays of neon and electric light bulbs beamed from behind the model, Earth in all directions. Three-dimensional acrylic glass planets spun alongside 20 scintillating neon starbursts. Across the universe was a jagged galaxy of electric lettering spilling out STARDUST. The sign utilized 7,100 feet of neon tubing with over 11,000 bulbs along its 216-foot front. The S alone contained 975 lamps. At night, the neon constellation was reportedly visible 60 miles away. The roadside sign was a freestanding with circle constraining an amorphous cloud of cosmic dust circled by an orbit ring and covered with dancing stars. The hotel's name was nestled in a galactic cloud. In December 1959, the Daylist group effectively took control of the Stardust from Factor and took out a long-term lease on the casino. With Dalitz holding the state casino license, some claim that Chicago mob associate Johnny Drew was involved in managing the casino behind the scenes in the early 1960s, with some of the profits allegedly skimmed for Giancana and the Chicago mob. Allegedly. Allegedly. In 1964, the Olympic-sized pool area open to the general public with the addition of the nine-story tower, later called the East Tower. The room count increased to 1,470. See, even more rooms added on. You know, it starts off here and then it just keeps getting bigger and bigger, because that's what how it is. It's Vegas. Everything gets bigger and bigger. Also, in 1964, the Stardust facade was updated, expanding out into the parking lot by the highway. The new facade raised the Stardust name, still in electric Jag letters, onto a ball above the exploding universe. From 1965 until 1970, the hotel operated the Stardust International Raceway in Spring Valley. The truck drew the Can-Am and USAC championship car series, including drivers such as Mario Andretti, Dan Gurney, Bruce McLaurin, Mark Donahue and Jackie Stewart. In 1966, Howard Hughes attempted to buy the Stardust for $30.5 million, but was thwarted by government officials on the grounds that his acquisition of any more gambling resorts might violate the Sherman Antitrust Act. Who was was Sherman? Nate Sherman? The cigar guy? Sherman Hensley? The Jeffersons? Instead, Dalbert Coleman and his Recreon Corporation obtained the Stardust along with the Fremont Hotel in downtown Las Vegas. Requiem carried a loan of $12 million provided by the Teamsters Central States Pension Fund. Eh, Deemsters. In 1967, the old circular sign was replaced by a new $500,000 road sign. The new sign's form was blurred by a scatter of star shapes, a shower of stardust. At night, incorporating neon and incandescent bulbs in the animation sequence, light fell from the stars, sprinkling from the top of the 188 foot tall sign down over the stardust name. In the 1970s, Argent Corporation had siphoned off between 7 and $15 million dollars using rigged scales. When exposed by the FBI, this skimming operation was the largest ever exposed. A number of organized crime figures were convicted as a result of the skimming. The story of the skimming was featured in the book Casino by Nicholas Pileggi. So if you've seen the movie Casino, that movie Casino is based on the book Casino by Nicholas Pileggi. Now you know. Now you know. In 1977 the Stardust went through another remodeling. The bombastic galactic theme was, al- was abandoned, though the roadside sign remained and the facade was covered with animated neon tubing and trimmed with mirrored Finnish accents. The new port cochere, port kosher, whatever the fuck that is, yeah that thing where people get dropped off and stuff, sparkled with a thousand small incandescent bulbs. The encrustation of bulbs turned solid mass into an ethereal form. In 1980, the Aku Aku Polynesian restaurant closed. The giant stone tiki head that marked the entrance was later moved to an island in an artificial lake at Sunset Park in Winchester, Nevada. After Art Incorporation was forced out of the gaming business in the late 70s, the casino was sold to Al Sacks and Herb Tarbin. However, the gambling authorities found that skimming was still going on. Allegedly. Allegedly. In 1984, the Nevada Gaming Commission levied a $3 million fine against the resort for skimming, the highest fine ever issued by the commission. Suspicions, accusations, and controversy about the Stardust hidden ownership over the years was finally squelched when Sam Boyd's locally based squeaky clean gaming company, Boyd Gaming, purchased the Stardust in March of 1985. The Stardust was a gold mine to the Chicago outfit, the skin being obviously fabulous. Fabulous Las Vegas, when it was taken over by the reputable Boyd family, they were surprised by its huge profits, with every penny of income recorded. Ex-FBI agent William F. Roma Jr., longtime senior agent of the FBI's organized crime squad in Chicago, and an expert in Las Vegas, Doings said the amount of skim had been so heavy that the profit and loss statement did not present a true picture of the gold mine that the Stardust was. In 1991, a 32-story West Tower was added to the resort, overshadowing overshadow frickin' A overshadowing the older East Tower and bringing the total room count to 1500. I got that. More rooms, two landscape swimming pools, a golf course, and athletic facilities were also built. The renovation project totaled $300 million. The bungalow rooms had been demolished, leaving the room count at 1500. Also that year the Stardust sign's googie lettering was replaced with a subdued Futura typeface. Lido de Paris was replaced in 1992 with Enter the Night, which closed in 1999. Siegfried and Roy got their start at the Stardust with the help of mob associate Frank Rosenthal after he gave them Alan Glick's Rolls Royce. Ah, that's a nice guy. Wayne Newton signed a 10-year deal negotiated with Jack Wishner and the Stardust in 1999 for a reported $25 million per year, the largest entertainment contract in the Las Vegas region at the time. After five and a half years, Newton ended his run in late April 2005, and George Carlin moved into his theater. Magician Rick Thomas premiered at the hotel on March 25, 2005. Back in 2002, comedian Andrew Dice Clay had a regular show at the Stardust. During the Stardust Theater's last month of operation, legendary stars including George Carlin, Tim Conway, and Harvey Korman gave performances. Singer Lauren Levitz performed for the ex-Playboy Bunny reunion. The last act to perform in the Stardust Theater was Steve Lawrence and Edie Gourmet. The theater formally closed on October 28, 2006. The casino hosted an annual international pool tournament, the Jansko Brothers Stardust Open, which attracted most of the top professional players of the era for many years. Its one-packet division was the former premier event in that discipline. It was the premier event, not the former one. I don't know why I said that. The Stardust permanently closed its doors to the public on November 1st, 2006. The last dice drawn at a stardust craps table were by tourist Jimmy Gumohiro of Hawaii. Slot machine betting was officially halted at 7.30 in the morning, just before the casino was officially closed at noon. The Bobby Howard Band led the customers out the doors for the last time in a gonga line to the tune of When the Saints Go Marching In. And the hotel casino complex closed after a 48-year run of continuous 24-hour operation. Outside, the loudspeakers were playing the John Lennon song, Nobody Told Me, which contains the line, Nobody told me there'd be days like these. Strange days indeed. At the time of its closing, the Stardust showroom starred The Magic of Rick Thomas, the most successful daytime show in the strip's history. The Stardust implosion began the same way the Stardust opening began, with a gigantic aerial fireworks display. On Tuesday, March 13, 2007, At 2.33am the Stardust Resort was imploded in a grand ceremony which included fireworks making the 10 second countdown before the East and West Towers tomb. 128 pounds of explosives brought down the hotel, which at the time was the tallest building demolished on the Strip. Boyd Gaming demolished the Stardust to develop Echelon Place, but construction was halted during the economic turndown of 2008. Boyd then sold the 87 acres to the Genting Group for $350 million in March of 2013. Resorts World decided to use the construction structure of the Echelon instead of demolishing it. It was initially to break ground in 2014 and open 2016 but the groundbreaking ceremony took place in May of 2015 with an expected opening date of mid-2018. Notable planned features include a panda exhibit and an indoor water park. The completed 21,847,314 square foot project will eventually include 4 towers totaling 6,583 rooms and could cost up to $7 billion. In February of 2016 the resort's status was considered questionable as little construction had occurred up to that point. Jennings stated in May 2016 that construction would ramp up later in that year for a projected opening in 2019. The company attributed the delays to the complex construction logistics of the project as well as a falling currency which has decreased the company's purchasing power globally. So that's it for Vegas Gone By, taking a look back at the Stardust. And before I go I just want to share this quote from the Las Vegas Sun, way back in 1958 on the Stardust opening day, the Las Vegas Sun said this, quote, In short, if it's legal and will help make life more pleasant, the Stardust either has it or will obtain it for you. And that's it. Thanks for joining me here on the Vegas Gone By segment. I'm Vinny, Extra Sausage Paralamente. Michael Movestro will be back in a bit.
0: winning comedy of Bobby Veracini's Orangutan, a Las Vegas spectacular. The Stardust Hotel and VegasBright.com The vegas website where the parking is free. And that's going to do it for the Vegas Bright Podcast episode 33. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoyed the Vegas Gone By segment where we focused on the Stardust. Where Vinny focused on the Stardust. Yeah. Hope you enjoy that. Anyways, it's time for shout outs. This is the part of the show where I typically uh, list podcasts and websites I like to visit that are Vegas related. So here we go. To Scott from VitalVegas at VitalVegas.com. He's got a podcast. He's got a website. I think he's got a website that has a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to try to like make a little joke and try to tie it into my joke in the beginning and I flubbed on that one. So forget it. You're not going to get the joke. Well, you would have gotten the joke if I told it correctly. That was my bad. And I apologize. So anyway, yeah, Scott at VitalVegas.com. Check him out, VitalVegas.com. Great website, great information, great podcast as well. To Mark Meltzer from EdgeVegas.com. He writes all over the friggin' place. And every time he does, he puts it at EdgeVegas.com. Mark is listening to this right now at 2x speed. So I read his articles twice as fast as I would normally read them. To Adam from Vegas Fanboy, uh, it's a podcast. You can check him out at VegasFanboy.com. He also has some really interesting articles on his site as well. One of my favorite ones, I'll say, is where he talks about happy hours and where to find them and the kind of prices and the stuff that you can get. That's a really valuable resource. You should go check that out. To Chris at Faces and Aces LV Podcast. Check him out at FacesAndAcesLV.com. He just had an episode talking about marijuana in Las Vegas, and the production quality on that podcast is spec frickin Uh, so you should go check it out. I personally don't partake of such things. I tried it a couple of times a long time ago, and it made me very, very paranoid. Yeah, not my thing to mark karen and tony at the 360 vegas podcast at 360 vegaspodcastcom they are having their vegas vacation four at the end of may it's open to all listeners someone on twitter asked today is it open to listeners yes it's open to all listeners of the 360 vegas podcast if you want to go there and meet other podcasters i'm going to be there Scott from vital vegas is going to be there mark Meltzer from edge vegas is going to be there uh, Chris at Faces and Aces LV Podcast. He's going to be there. Mark, Karen, and Tony are going to be there. Uh, let's see. The folks whom You Can Bet on That are going to be there, uh, which is Mark Duvall and Dr. Mike. Uh, Cousin Vito is going to be there. Uh, yeah, a whole shit ton of people are going to be there. So come on down. Go to 360VegasPodcast.com. Click on the link that says Vegas Vacation 4, and you'll see all of the details. Speaking of Tony... A shout-out to him and Jason at the Vice Lounge Online Podcast. Check them out at Vice Lounge Online. To Mark Duvall, Dr. Mike, uh, you can bet on that gambling podcast. You can bet on that.com. To Mitch and Dr. Kev at the Tipping to Odds Las Vegas Podcast. You can check them out at tippingtheoddslasvegas.com. Uh, And to Cousin Vito, of course, at the Cousin Vito's Casino Podcast. You can check him out at CousinVito'sCasino.com. And you know what? I'm going to do a bunch of just uh, a bunch of random shout-outs here to Ryan King, Chris Moore, Alistair, Phil States, Mitchell, uh, Raising Las Vegas. I know I'm forgetting people. To A-Feliz... Uh, yeah, sorry for all the uhs. I know the uhs are not cool. People don't like when people say uh. But yeah, to all you guys and gals, uh, shout out to you guys and gals. So there you go. People like hearing their names on podcasts. So I don't blame them. So there you go. <laughs> all right, that's going to do it uh, for the shout outs. Uh, but of course, I would be remiss if I did not mention The wonderful, wonderful people who dedicate their time and expertise and article writing and photography and tips and ideas. I'm talking about the folks at VegasBright.com. So for Greg C., Blonde Forever, Big AZ Marty, Paper Poster, Michael James, uh, Kelly Lamrock, Sam Monsieur, Janadius, Fisherman, Matty Ice, Sailor Dude, Michelle De Palma, and george adams i'm michael Movestro, reminding you that vegas is awesome and you should go check it out sometime we'll see you in a couple of, i thought i was going to have something very profound to say and i don't anyways that being said thank you for listening and as always stay vegas and stay bright